Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, my name is Dr. Jody Torrey, also known as Dr. Deep Sea. I have a PhD in biomedical engineering and I'm a 28 year veteran of the United States Navy Special Operations and Diving Forces. So I'm on the Big Scuba Podcast, so let's get going. Woo! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. My name is Ian. I will be your dive master for this episode and co-host. Uh, welcome. Thanks for downloading this episode. I am never alone in these things. And with me by the power of Zoom is... Uh, my name is Gemma and welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. On yeah. We're recording this on a Sunday morning, a very wet UK. Yes. Um, very wet outside. That's You've actually got out of a run today. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're listening to this in June, well, I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. In. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the situation we're in at the moment. So we go. are. Um, this podcast is all about diving. Let me just tell you, um, it's all about diving. It's all about people who do great, amazing things. Or basically, they just love being underwater and go diving and snorkeling and uh, all sorts of things. And we particularly like. Um, those people who've got a bit of interest as well. You know, Southern may be a bit canny. Um, and today is no exception. We have got a great guest for you uh, on this episode, which is 172, uh, Dr. Deep Sea. And we'll tell you all about him in a minute. But first, at first, we must tell you that these episodes are all sponsored by a great company that you need to know, and that's called narcdebt90.com. It is. And they um, are stockists of all sorts of equipment for the divers in your world. And they have a, a wealth of advice. If you've got any questions, they're the people to go to. They will definitely help you out. So recreational and technical diving. Yeah. So nightdet90.com, beyond technical. Yes. Okay. Coming up in this episode, as I said, we've got a great guest for you, Dr. Deep Sea. Um, who has spent 100 days underwater. At a depth of 6.7 metres or 22 feet. And yeah. it was an underwater habitat, so it was a construction on the... And he lost an inch. Almost an inch. <laughs> Some men, that can be critical. It is. I guess he's quite a tall chap, isn't he? Nearly two metres, I think. So six foot. So anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on, before I put my foot in it. Um, <laughs> he... Uh, He's got a great um, enthusiasm that comes through and he knows all done. Uh, what's he professor in science? What's yeah. Medical science, bioscience. And he does lots of experiments and in, um, analysis and it's to look at the underwater world with exploration, but also pair or pair that alongside going to space. Yeah. And um, it, you know, it, he wanted to do these tests and he thought uh, the best person I can do these tests on is myself. Mm. I understand my own. We own, we, we are the best people to gauge our own bodies. Mm. And uh, you know, he, that's what he wanted to do. And uh, he, he talks to us all about that. Um, and, and it's really good uh, because he's, he's got this enthusiasm. He's also in the dying world. We've got shared uh, mutual friends as well. Mm. Um, and he also relates some talks about Deep that we've just been to. Yes. So Deep is um, coming up in future episodes. Our next episode, 173, about will be about our visit 
to the deep facilities, the which campus. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, which can't wait. Um, what have you been up to then? What you been uh, it's been a, another week. We've we've planned some diving in, so we're getting in the pool, and we're also going to Stony Cove in a week's time, which will be good. Yeah. So I'm gonna just be on normal open circuit and you're going to be on a twin set i am yeah so um as we mentioned before looking at doing some uh wrecks a bit later this year um how many we actually get to do may only be the one i don't know depends on time and weather uh well yeah just well you know i love to go dive in the morning i can but you know business family and everything else all you know all have to be a balance and um yeah so i'm gonna be on a twin set first time for quite a while um joining matt matt river who early guest um we're gonna be and you're gonna be joining us on the first dive aren't yes you? So we'll we're be a, like dive. a ch- nice easy check dive because i haven't been on twin set for quite a while yeah yeah and, so we'll just uh, stick on the yeah. shelf and uh just have a dive the three of us and see how we get on and then you two are going to do a deeper dive yeah, well, I think we're going to probably go down. Well, I'm going to be on Nitrox on this because that'll be the plan when we do uh, the M2. Mm. Let's dive on Nitrox because Matt dives with his rebreather. Uh, I'm on a, uh open circuit and I don't particularly want to do decompression diving um, on this. So I'm going to be on Nitrox with twin set. So try and get the bottom time a bit longer you know yeah, yeah um so the practice so the idea is this will do because matt is going to red sea soon um get a dive in at stony do because i haven't been 30 plus for a while is um go down there so uh, mm. yeah so looking yeah. forward to that so that's yeah. good and then we're getting in the pool um doing some skills we've been in the pool once a month we've yeah we have been. mate you know it's good to do that and yeah. um uh, we take the uh, scuba honey with us to uh, get because I'm. Tr- I want to make sure, uh, you know, she's 13, and I don't want to to force her to say, right, you know, you've got to do uh, dry suit diving all, all year round and mm. things like that. And you know, she's 13; she struggles with the weight and stuff like that a bit. And um, with carrying all the lead and dry suit and all that. And um, she's enjoying hopping in the pool every month to do some skills and stuff. And then all being well come once the weather changes, she'll be back in the water. Yeah. And it's good practice putting the gear together and breaking it back down when we get out of the water. So I'm giving her the camera to have a play with. And yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's, she's uh, excited by that. And it's good to, keep those so you know if you go for a period of time without diving it's very hard to then especially if you're only done your open water it's very hard to then get your head back into it is yeah yeah so you know it's... what's an out of air scenario what's how do you clear your mask and all you know with stuff that we do as a uh you know second nature mm-hmm. by this stage for someone who's brand new they got you know that can be quite a task so yeah it's good yeah. to keep them skills alive Yes, so it's all good practice, and we're going to take our full face masks and have a little go with those. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's our plan for also, diving. Also, we're going to um, the other thing we was going to do is put the SMB up because we need to do some social media for our friends at night. The ninety who have got these. If you haven't seen our previous uh, posts about the, if you're looking for an SMB, 
probably, I would say, some of the best-made SMBs I think I've ever seen. Yeah, very uh, good. No word for lie. They are bulletproof. They are so well-made. Yeah. Um, and mm. I quite like that black one. You know, yeah, so it's black, the... <laughs> black and white one. And they have got all the knots, uh, like the, the man, their logo on them. Which they are smart, nice. you mm. know. And um, I, I, if you're looking for an SMB, I, I don't think, you know, you pair that up with a – where an apex real, you're not going to want much more. No, and they're reasonably priced forever. as well, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So head over to the Narked at 90 website, narkedat90.com, and uh, you can have a look at the SMBs. And also we have um, done posts on the scuba scissors, which, again, very reasonably priced and a great addition to any diver's equipment. You can yeah. pop, pop on your BCD. And uh, you've, you're well prepared if you need to use them underwater. Certainly. Well, we like to remind you divers to, uh, over the winter, check your check equipment. Your equipment. <laughs> check your equipment daily. Regularly, yes. Regularly. <laughs> daily is good. Always good practice. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's World Whale Day today, you know. It is, yes. So I've done a little post on our social media with a few facts for some whale information. And yesterday was do something nice for somebody day. It was it? random acts of kindness day yesterday. Yes. Did you do nice. anything? Um, <laughs> I did something nice for my customer yesterday, I thought. Okay. Made sure their fire exits are nice. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a few um so yeah world whale day today and next thursday is world thinking day world what thinking day oh thinking i thought you said world sinking day no thinking and then the 24th is emotional health day (laughs) just come to the big scuba for all these important dates absolutely (laughs) talking of dates um go diving show is coming up isn't it yes go to Go show.com get your tickets if you haven't got them already. They do sell out, so don't leave it to the last minute. Um, I think I've only ever missed the very first one, I think, possibly, mm. or, or was the second. I lose track. Uh, been to just about all of them. Um, yeah. so love it's taking, it. great show. Taking part on the 2nd and 3rd of March, Saturday and Sunday, at Stonely in the UK. Yeah, um, I don't know how they do it. Um, Mark and Penny and the rest of the team. Um, every year it gets better, gets bigger, and um, you know, it's, oh, loads of different speakers this this year. Yeah, it's it's a bigger show again than it was last year, so it's going to be really exciting to listen to some new speakers. Big emphasis on UK diving, which is yeah. really good. You know, and we're going to do a side mount tri dive. We are. Yes, I've got about that. Yeah, so looking forward to that. So we're jumping in the pool on the Sunday, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But again, we'll be wandering around with our big, big scuba T-shirts on. So if you see us. With mics in hello. hand and camera. <laughs> yeah. So and you might like... feature on. Uh, we'll be doing a podcast all about the Go Diving show and people that we've met and spoken to. Um, so if you want to come and say hello. Yeah, we've got we'll a few people lined up to uh, speak to, haven't we? So, uh, so that'd be good. But it's always good to get some impromptu chats in and um, drag you off to the side room for a chat. Drag you off. <laughs> well, that's, that's hard to record in there sometimes. Well, it is, yes. So, but that's that's something to look forward to. So we'll be there both days. Um, and also we just want to say thank you to Happy Bottles. We had some new products sent. Hey, to yeah, us. I quite like this new tumbler. Yes, I do. So you need to bring a black one out though. Well, have you 
Have you told them? I have, yeah. It doesn't match my dive kit. <laughs> yeah, so the happy um, tumblers. I don't mind pink, but, you know. They're not they're pink. Really, they're orange. Pink don't really blue. match my dive kit. They're not pink. They're orange, blue and green. Bash. <laughs> so they're 900 mils um you can put hot and cold drinks in them yep. and they fit in your cup holders in your car or yeah so really nice and obviously 900 mils is a lot of liquid and it keeps you hydrated through the day but if you drink it you know you've done 900 mils of water which is good mm. for your hydration it is yeah whether you're diving when you get out of the water obviously it's very important to stay hydrated as a diver yeah and we use them at the gym and yeah, in the car. So yeah, mine's been I at work. It. Yes, mine's been at work, and um, it's been lumped about a couple of times, and it's been fine. And uh, I, I have had some of these before where they've got a straw attached, and it always feels like you've got to really suck quite hard. And with this one, <laughs> it's, it's like you don't. It's quite quite good, especially when on the run machine. You're like. <laughs> anyway right anyway <laughs> so anyway they're quite good <laughs> so shall we talk about our guests well just before that i'm just gonna just gonna mention as well um so uh, i've got a youtube coming out of Ooh. me talking about the uh ranger um had loads of uh dms and uh, messages uh with that so that's really good thanks for your support and i should bring a new video out very sh- soon yes so good scuba vehicle and uh it's definitely a good little review to watch on youtube yeah yeah so thanks for that so uh so let's talk about dr dr deep sea now um a small apology we got to make is that um he, when we recorded this you know we do all, most of these r- recordings we do by the power of zoom mm. um, because some of our guests can be literally halfway around the world and dr uh deep sea um he was talking to us from his home new york uh, i think he was in yeah new york and uh most of these interviews will never be possible if it weren't for things like zoom Mm. and unfortunately um that night when we we recorded the quality of the power of zoom wasn't that great no i think it was a internet issue because um our sound quality was okay but whether there was just a delay or satellites yeah causing issues but we've done the best we can um in the edit wise to so do stick with it because he yeah. you know stuff he talks about um it is re- one really fascinating and i could have spoke to him for hours mm, we'll it. definitely and get him back it's hard to talk about this stuff without getting really technical and then you know you can kind of lose people a bit um but i think is, he he does a good job of he does. making it accessible even if you're not a di- diver non-divers divers alike will get something from this and because it relates so much to exploration and the future of this planet and even space travel going to mars it's amazing and he says he talks about women being more applicable to coping in these yeah. environments as well so yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff and it's all medically scientifically new science as well mm. it's all new stuff that they're discovering yeah and you're just like wow I, I didn't know this but you can see where this understanding can now start to be applied you know and i i can't you know more will come out in time um like i can't tell you enough that you need to follow deep yes uh, yeah because that 
is going to be something well certainly is it's something for the future mm. and um, especially for our children uh to be aware of and there's gonna be a lot of exciting stuff coming out there yeah and another he dr d c talks about they've found a potential cure for alzheimer's and that yeah. is in a sea lice at the bottom of the ocean and you know you think well if there's that there you know it shows there's so much else to be explored that is undiscovered at the moment yeah so let's do it let's get let's get him on let's have, have a chat with him yeah um you know and uh yeah let, let's do that yep so this is dr deep sea and it's episode 172 and we'd like to say thank you for downloading and listening how did you get into your underwater world and take your first breaths underwater so what had happened was um my dad has a really big boat and or had a really big boat at the time and we lived on long island new york now i can tell where i was in my life by the size of my dad's boat right when he got a little bit bigger a little bit bigger a little bit bigger finally he got a big boat that was too big to pull out of the water and he said hey i have a problem i want you to go underwater to one of the zinc tabs on the shaft and take it off so i held my breath and i went underwater i mean i'm like 10 years old right so I go into water, I'm trying to, I, I can't hold my breath, Dad. I try it again. I'm like, I can't hold my breath long enough, Dad. So I'm standing in the water in the canal in New York. And he goes, wait, hold on. 10 years old, mind you. And he goes, uh, all right, here, put this on. Double hose backpack. Backpack comes over the shoulder. Double hose regulator comes down here. Wow. And, and he goes, okay, can you breathe? And I'm like, yep. And he goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. Don't hold your breath. So that was the entirety of my first scuba diving lesson. Nice. <laughs> and I went underwater and I took the zinc cap off the rock and I put the new one on. And that was from that point on, I was like, there's fish down here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So, so did you continue quite early on from age 10 to do any certifications or did you just kind of wig it? Now, see, certifications weren't a thing, right? Yeah. Uh, we're talking the 70s. So certifications were late 70s, um, not that old, but, you know, 70s nonetheless. Um, and certifications weren't a problem for me. I used to cut school to go scuba diving. I just borrow my Uncle John's scuba gear. Never knew how full it was. Never knew what the pressure was in the <laughs> tank. Would just dive in the canals in New York just because I could. I'm like, huh. And for some amazing reason I didn't die. Right. So for the first, like, uh, I don't know, five, six years, seven years, mid 1980s, I, um, I went to go diving up in Connecticut and they're like, Hey, where's your C card? And I'm like, I don't even have an A card or a B card. I don't even know what you mean by a C card. <laughs> they're like, they're like, uh, your certification card. I'm like, Oh yeah. Why would I need that? They're like, you got to go take a class. I'm like, I've been dying for like seven years. What do you mean? I got to take a class. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> took a class, learned a thing or two. I was like, oh, pressure gauge. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it makes Run you Run out of air, come back to the surface. Oh, God. Can't believe I didn't die. But, yeah. Well, you're saying it with a smile on your face. So, uh, oh, what all turned out nice in the end. All turned out nice in the end. Uh, so no, and 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 I got introduced to a world. I got uh, I got to play. 
um, you know, I was a water baby from the beginning. I mean, I was just a, we'd go to the beach. We lived on Long Island, New York, and we'd go to the beach every Saturday and Sunday. We lived at the beach. So I surfed, I, you know, and when I say surfed, I surfed a break that was maybe seven feet long. Right. Uh So like my surfboard would just get moving. I'd stand up and then I'd fall down because the break was over. Right. Because we had the beach. So like just growing up in the water, just loving the water, clamming, uh, swimming, uh, hanging out. That would be our weekends. We didn't we didn't do much football. But sure enough, we went out on a boat, you know, so. Don't think of New York as a place for diving. What's the canals like to to dive in? Pretty murky. Very interesting. You know, you see a bunch of stuff. Canals are, are not as bad as you would think, but, you know, people throw a lot of stuff away, you know, so yeah. a dish, a plate, things like that. But then, you know, there was actually some fish and there was actually, it was nice. It was yeah. nice and it was fun, you know. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, that's good intro then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you went into the military, did you do um, diving or get involved in underwater stuff yeah, there? Yeah, so I did that. Uh, I worked at a saturation dive diving facility uh, about I don't know seven years in. yeah so I went in the military and I worked at a saturation facility now this is several years after I got in the military because it takes you some time to walk your way up the ladder to become a diver so I did that I uh, worked at the saturation facility then got commissioned as a special operations diving officer so I basically became a diving officer and and then a saturation diving officer so Long story short, I spent a large amount of time uh, in my 28-year Navy career as a diver, uh, wow. and I learned lots about diving and had a good time. Mm. That was obviously the uh, the career path for you to take then, wasn't it? So from your um, military side, did you what sort of depths were you doing your saturation diving down to? So saturation diving is conducted down to in excess of 850 feet is what the card says. But uh, realistically, it's a little bit shallower than that. And we got to, we got to play and, you know, most of that stuff is very, um, you know, you're working for a specific purpose for the military. And then later on in my life, I became, not only was I, you know, helium, oxygen qualified in the military, I also became a one atmosphere suit pilot. So I took the suit down to 2000 feet, which was really fun. Yeah, you get to dive in excess of, uh, you know, 1,947 feet, my deepest dive. 1,400 meters? Yeah, uh, six hundred ten meters, I think. Yeah. Wow, that's deep, serious stuff. That's the um, is that the same suit? I think I've seen a few other people use that, like the big, great, big, like Michelin Man type suit. That's the one. Yeah. What's that like being in that? Oh boy, that is uh, that is definitely definitely a big deal. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it's it's really hard to get into it. It takes a lot of time, effort, and energy to get into it. It takes you uh, maybe 20 minutes to descend to 2,000 feet. And then it takes you uh, 30 minutes to come back up. So it's got a scrubber. It works just like a rebreather does. So, you know, you basically you're rebreathing your own oxygen, uh, you know, your own oxygen that you use. You exhale it, scrub out the carbon dioxide, and they inject a little bit more oxygen. So it's nice. Yeah. It's a good setup, nice and warm uh, compared to the outside, which is 32 degrees, you know. Yeah. So, 
So that must have kind of set you up for your uh, adventures that you was going to be having later on, you know, you know with your uh, record-breaking uh, time underwater. Right. So it actually set me up perfectly for my saturation dive, the longest saturation dive in the world, which is now 100 days, right? So we stayed underwater for that period of 100 days. But what it was, was it's it's understanding the systems and the systems of systems that you have that are here to keep you alive, right? So this wasn't undertaken willy-nilly. It wasn't, you know, it was a very large undertaking. It looked easy and everything looked like it worked out great. And it did. But that took lots and lots of prep time, lots and lots of understanding the systems, how things work, how the electricity is routed, how the air is routed, how things are worked through. It's it's, it's important stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think first off, we need to say congratulations on on having and, and you know, beating your own record and holding, you know, the new record. You know, thank you. Before you got to that, what was your longest period as a saturation dive, how long was you under for, would you say? Yeah, saturation dives usually occur um, for 30 days and you decompress for about anywhere from three to five days, depending on the depth. So yeah. about 35 days is, is about the longest that most saturation divers go uh, under. You know, I, I'm I'm very, very common. I'm a very middle of the road sort of guy. Never did anything really that big of a deal in that realm, that's for sure. So, you know. Uh, that that type uh, that type work is very consistent with what we do in the oil industry in the real world as well as the military. So yeah. you can do up to thirty days in sat and then five days in deca. Yeah. yeah, we had um, Chris Lemons on uh, recently, uh, only a couple of episodes ago. Um, I don't know if you've come across him. He's another saturation diver in the UK, and uh, he um, is, was made fa famous from having a, a really close shave down at 100 meters and um in 2012 yeah and um uh they made a tv well they made a film about you know his um what you, is is it his incident, incident yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. he's the cat that died underwater actually right and then yeah. they brought him back yeah oh, horrifying show horrifying as yeah. i watched it i went wow mm. Mm. okay yeah thank it, god we didn't have that. yeah it was interesting talking to him to know about the whole saturation what it involves and being in those close confined areas you know at that depth for that length of time as well it's not yeah. everybody's probably everybody's um cup of tea yeah no kidding yeah. it seems to be the um you seem to have started a journey which seems to be quite in focus at the moment um i i, I know you know and good friends with uh, another previous guest of ours phil short i was talking to him um, yeah, just, phil. just um just running up to this um conversation that we had booked with you and um because I, I wondered whether you two uh knew you know knew each other and he's involved with the deep project uh the old endac site in the uk at chepstow yeah um no uh, phil and i have been uh good friends for a long time uh matter of fact i used to go quite frequently to the birmingham dive show mm. I, I think they called it Eurotech back in the day so i used to go to that and he and i would you know hang out during those times if you know what i mean it was a, a good time had by all <laughs> put the world put the world to right i'm sure 
<laughs> yeah, well, it's been wow. yeah quite a career for you. Yeah. So, what made you um, venture down this road? You know, because you, you obviously you used to putting your life on the on the line in a controlled and measured way, um, and you could have, I, I'm sure, um, just enjoyed your life diving and things like that after your career in the navy so what what then made you think right i'm going to start pushing the human factors boundaries of diving and pushing that envelope that's a great question what i wound up doing was basically saying listen I have a PhD in biomedical engineering, so I want to do biomedical research. What better thing to do it on than the funnest thing that I know how to do, which is good diving. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We could bring awareness to the ecological state of the ocean. We could lecture and get with a whole bunch of great people who are experts in the underwater realm. And we can talk to a whole bunch of kids about science, technology, engineering, and math while I'm doing biomedical engineering research on myself. I'm like, okay, sign me up. I didn't even have to convince myself. It was great. (laughs) So did you um, liaise with a kind of medical um, institution or university to plan out? So I'm a professor of medicine. I'm an assistant professor of medicine at the University of South Florida. I had 10 MD, two PhD psychologists And once we got together, everybody involved, and we made up the protocols, we wrote things out. Like, everybody thinks it was just me. I was the only one that was down there, but there were way smarter people than I on the list of people that were making this plan, right? Yeah. And we worked together with them, and you know, but I paid for the research out of my own pocket. So the International Bank of Joe, and then in collaboration with uh, the Marine Resources Developmental Foundation, Finally, uh, they wound up poning up part of it. And then we wound up doing a great thing, which was we talked to over 5,500 students about science, technology, engineering, and math. We were on 112 different media outreaches. Wow. 112 in 100 days. That's a lot. It's a blistering schedule. And then when I got out, it was even worse, right? And then, mind you, I taught... Med school, not med school. I taught biomedical engineering. <laughs> wow. So how do you, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that position and, uh, you know, I can kind of deal with um, isolation to a de- degree, I guess, but I'm trying to think, do you have to prepare yourself in a different way that you had been used to? Because with your saturation dive, you knew, right, you're going in, you're going to be doing a job, and then that end date, with what you had, you're going to be going in for you know, three times the, the date. You're going in for 100 days. Uh, and, you know, right. How do you prepare yourself to build up to that? Yeah, how do you prepare yourself to do that? Uh, basically, what you do is you do a lot of meditation. You do a lot of soul searching. You do a lot of... Um, you do a lot of talking to yourself through your possible problems. So you basically have to work with your medical team on every possible problem. Now we thought we had them all, but Mm -hmm. we were not even close. Like for instance, on day 12, I cracked my rear left upper molar, cracked it. So I cracked a tooth 
12 days into a 100-day mission. And I had been to the dentist before that, and I was class one for dental. So I should have been fine, except I was eating popcorn. Sure enough, I cracked a tooth, right? Things oh. like I got a corneal abrasion while I was down there. That we kind of worked through. You know, I got sick just like anybody else. But remember, this was only 100 days, right? So people keep saying, why'd you stay for 100 days? Why'd you stay for 100 days? I said, because I couldn't afford to stay 200 days. They mm. said, well, what? I said, 200 days is the length of time that it's going to take us to get from here to Mars. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to be in an isolated, confined, extreme environment while we're on the way to Mars, we damn well better figure out what happens to a human being and what the medical issues that are going to come up for a 100 or 200 day isolation trip to get there. And oh, by the way, we're still working on the muscle loss when you're in space. We're still working on the bone loss when we're in space. But I'm a biomedical engineer. This is what I do, right? So I was like, I can kill all these birds with one stone. It'll be great. But don't we have though that type of research already? Because um, astronaut, off the top of my head, is it John Kelly, who spent over a year in space? So don't yeah, we have Kelly. that sort of? So he, he he spent over a year in space, and that it's great. Now we know some of the effects of living in isolation, and you know uh, he yeah. he was just over a year in space. So that's terrific. However, comma what what things did we put in place? to increase your muscle mass while you're down there. So while I was underwater for 100 days, I used this special new uh, resistance cuff uh, that basically limits blood flow to your biceps, triceps, quadriceps, and your hamstrings. And basically you work out with resistance bands while you're down there and you limit the blood flow. Now it increases something called nitric oxide synthase, which allows you to build muscle even when you're in a zero gravity environment. Wow, that's amazing. So what kind of results did you get when you um, came out? Did you did your muscle mass increase while you were in your underwater environment? You lost half an inch. It, it, it did not increase. I actually shrunk three quarters of an inch. Yeah, uh, a little over half an inch I shrunk. Uh, but that's because astronauts are in tension and they pull apart. Aquanauts are in compression and they yeah. squish down. We knew that. I just didn't think it was going to be three. I was six one, and now I'm just a little over six feet. So, so have you have you regained that? Yeah, it's all. It's not a big. Have you regained your? Nope. No, not oh. yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to do it. But do you know the um, the thought of losing the quarter of an inch? I haven't got that to spare. <laughs> yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Narked at 90, so let's find out a bit more about them. Narked at 90, their tagline has been beyond technical, which describes them pretty well. John Routley and Brent Hudson launched the company over 20 years ago. They are both technical divers who have logged thousands of mixed gas dives between them over a 30-year period. Using their engineering know-how and diving expertise have developed bespoke personal, commercial and military diving equipment, and products of a universally recognised, unparalleled calibre. Their ability to be adaptive and versatile with their developments led them to support the NHS during COVID. Using their superior knowledge of breathing and oxygen monitoring systems to help develop emergency ventilators, they also design 
and supply the sneaky stuff used by defence-based development groups throughout the Western world, although they can't tell us much about that. If you're thinking of moving across to tech diving or completely new to diving, Narked at 90 can advise and guide on the best equipment and setup for your personal or commercial requirements. Narked at 90 have unparalleled experience of shearwater dive computers and are the longest serving and sole and UK European service centre for those. They are happy to offer technical support, servicing, repairs and upgrades to all shearwater computers past and present. Narked at 90 stock shearwater computers but are also stockers and technical support centre for many other manufacturers including Divesoft, JJCCR, Hollis, Revo and Kiss Rebreathers. Based centrally in the UK, Narked at 90 also offer full rebreather head servicing for selected manufacturers. Bespoke cable assemblies. Advice on specific fitting requirements. Suggestions and guidance for home builds. Computer laser cutting and engraving. Pressure testing to simulate 400 metre dives. So, Narked at 90, a reputation built on supporting both manufacturers and divers worldwide. Go to narkedat90.com and make sure you are following their social media to keep up to date with their latest news and offers. I, uh, so I, you know, I've been hinting at the space people that, hey, listen, we're going to need to, uh, we're going to need to send me to space so I can get taller again. So we'll see how that goes. That's incredible, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, the blood, the urine, the saliva, the electrocardiograms, the electroencephalograms. I mean, we didn't just go underwater to do, we went underwater to do a level of biomedical engineering and testing that yeah. has not been done since the seventies, since the seventies. And even in the seventies, they didn't have some of these tests. So, yeah. you know, you're like, you have this strong decrease in cortisol that you go, why do we have an in, a decrease in cortisol? And it went from the mid eighties to the single digits. And then we have a decrease in cortisol. And what happens when you have a drop in cortisol? Corresponding increase in testosterone. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> so I have a huge increase in testosterone, which is unforeseen, right? Same thing with like, like sleep. I got I, normal humans sleep between 30 and 33% in both deep and REM combined. Deep and REM is where you do your restorative sleep, right? Yeah. This is all stuff that nobody had done studies on. When I was underwater for 100 days, I slept between 60 and 66% in deep and REM. Wow. When we when we talk Just about in REM. the United States. Yeah, REM, rapid eye movement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's quite a thing now because there's so much in other podcasts and, you know, in social media about your sleep and how it is so important to have so so much good sleep to lengthen your time span and your, your lifespan. What? What I find interesting is, is that with you, you've got all the science that is supporting you and you've got all, all that going on. But the one thing that really helps you get through it is meditation. And it just yeah, shows you, you need exactly. you need that blend of science and I'm trying to think of another word for it, but the, it, you, with meditation, you know, how important These that esoteric is. Means these esoteric means, right? So yeah. when you're up there, see, it's a bit, it's a bit, um, 
it's a bit not the same, right? Uh, astronauts and aquanauts, they're not quite the same, right? For instance, you needed to be in a position where you could basically not have a lot of communication outward like we're going to have on the way to Mars. So like we have this zero gravity thing where we're floating around and we're in a orbit, a low Earth orbit, right? And that's great because you could talk to people in a low Earth orbit. It's a 20 minute round trip communication to get from here to Mars at the speed of sound. Yeah. Right. Wait a minute. It's a 20 minute round trip, you know, one way it's 20 minutes, one way. I'm sorry. So like we have to, we have to make these people self-sufficient. We have to make these people independent. And Scott Kelly, when he came down off of the, um, off of the orbit for a hundred days, they carried him out of the capsule. Yeah. Why? He could not walk because he lost so much muscle mass. We really worked on the muscle mass problem, right? So we're also working on the bone density thing. Now, there's a lot of things have to go into this, but that's the kind of research that we were doing. Like, hey, this is good stuff, you know? That's quite an interesting point because for women, we know already that for women as they get older, they lose bone density. So if would the results be the same if a woman diver would do would spend a hundred days underwater would what difference in the research do you think you would see potentially she could lose more yeah so in height. Uh, i don't know that they could use, lose more in height because the height difference in my opinion we don't know in my opinion we get this height difference from being in compression and squishing the discs together. Yeah. Right. So that jelly donut in between gets squished down, right? The astronauts get pulled apart. We get squished down. So it's more of a function of your discs in your back, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, now osteoporitis, you know, yes, that's certainly a problem. We need to do things increase osteoblown osteoclast breakdown bone so when you're on orbit with the uh with the international space station currently you you know you basically lose osteoblast production because you're not using your weight yeah. so we have to have some sort of intense gravity to figure that out or figure mm. out some kind of gravity but it's a bigger problem you know elon musk is great i love him He's like, we're going to Mars. I'm like, Elon, I, I have a couple of questions. When I was underwater for 100 days, food was a really big problem. How are you yes. going to solve that? Because there is no freaking resupply. Yeah. Oh, we'll just send enough food. What are you going to eat? What are you, we're not taking any cows to Mars, okay? So let's just get steaks off the menu, right? So now we're talking about plant-based protein. How are you going to make it stay? You're going to have a refrigerated? What are we going to do with all the garbage that we make? You I know, this hey, is there are so solved. many questions that need to be answered. This is why scientists need to do work. Yeah, but hasn't huh? that been solved? Because when you watch the film Martian, he he grows his own potatoes. What? You're not seeing the film, Martian. Is that no? Yeah. Is there no truth in that? He 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 can we can grow things in our own poop. That is that is assured. We can do that. It is fine. However, the problem comes from when you're traveling in space. When you're traveling in space, like I said, the osteoblast production is gone, and the osteoclast production is gone. 
So all of that bone matter comes out and it comes out through your urine. So mm. now you have to figure out how to. But can we not solve that? I can filter out all of that decaying bone matter. Can we not solve that by some kind of um, chemical tablet that you take? Is there nothing that we can take, you know, this with protein mixes that sports people take, um, you know, certain vitamins yeah. or anything like that? Can we not correct that with, with vitamins and things like that? It's the difference between exogenous and endogenous, right? And absorb. So I can give you osteoblasts all day long your body can't absorb them when your body makes them calcium makes that kind of stuff then your body will build bone when your body doesn't make it because there is no constant impact constant banging like you bang by walking all day long and your bones become stronger when you use them when you don't use them in zero g they start to leach the calcium starts to leach out and that calcium in the urine bad juju so now you can't even filter that out so basically you're talking about you lose 50 percent five zero percent of the urine to loss basically it's it's all of the impurities have to get washed out right and now okay so here's a for instance we're drinking our own urine and you take antibiotics when you urinate that out and we're drinking your urine, we're all on antibiotics. Yeah. It's it's insane. The medical things behind what traveling to Mars, the, the entire medical community, every time Elon, every time Elon says we're going to Mars, the medical community and the food community laugh. Because they're like, really? <laughs> what are we gonna eat? But we what need our drink? Elon. Like, there are so many good questions. Who are we going to take with us on this trip? Because if you say a doctor, that's great. What kind of doctor? You probably need a dentist in case you crack a tooth, because I cracked a tooth 12 days into it. Then you need some sort of a backside doctor, like a proctologist to, you know, I think you have bad problems is. with your belly. You, need a you don't want your dentist to be your proctologist, right? <laughs> right. So that's two people. Well, okay. Who else are we taking? Right. Somebody's got to no. steer the ship. That's a pilot. We need two pilots just in case one. We're going to take like 25 people to Mars. It's like, wait, no, we're not. We're going to take four people, right? What four people? But aren't they just so going to send robots? It's a real, yeah. <laughs> Human exploration has always been done with humans. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we send we send robots to the bottom of the ocean right now. Yeah. But we still need to send humans. Because robots can't do what humans can do. No, no. So basically, by the sound of it, you also need a woman uh, to do some of this um, research with as well, because obviously women will go to Mars in time um, as well. 100%. We, we not only need women, we need a scattering of women. You yeah. know, we need, we need many women. And, and guys, I got news for you. Women might be better suited for space travel than men. Why would you say that? I know nobody wants to hear that, but that actually, well, it's the way their bodies are built. They're small. They have a lower V.02, which means they take up 
and use metabolized less oxygen by and large, right? Like I metabolize a lot of oxygen. I'm, you know, I'm almost two meters and I'm almost hundred kilos, right? right? And, and I metabolize a lot of oxygen. Somebody who's much slighter than me, half of my size might use half of the oxygen. So if you're looking at getting there, it's a thing. Yeah. You know, these are real calculations. So for tech diving and um, saturation diving, I guess, and also just spending, you know, extending more time underwater, potentially then from what you're saying, women will would be able to do that better. Longer. Yeah, and longer, longer is what I meant. Yeah, the jury is back in for sure on women and diving. Women are better divers than men. Sorry, man. That's just the way it is. (laughs) They're much more meticulous. They're much better at uh, physiologic use of the oxygen that they have. By and large, I'm talking in general, right? Obviously, they're are specific instances of men that are really good metabolizers but by and large women are better at breathing underwater yeah so what's the main things that you were missing when you uh when you're underwater for all this time for 100 days apart from you know obviously being getting the chance to go above water again what was the things that you was really missing when you was under do you miss music anything like that no, I had a uh, I had a good share of music, but I had a lot of work to do. So I would do between six and eight hours of science per day. Then I would do three hours of outreach, then three hours of interviews. So realistically, I was a busy camper. You know, 12, 14, 16 hour days was easy. Uh, what I missed most, honestly, was the sun. I'm a creature of the sun. I love watching sunrises and sunsets. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, I was not able to do that very well while I was underwater. Yeah. And did that have an impact on your levels of your body because you weren't getting any vitamin D? Yeah, exactly. Great question because it's all about human physiology, right? We're going to have to figure that out when we go to Mars too, right? Like we're under the sun right now, even when we're in that that circulating uh, low Earth orbit. We're still in the sun. However, we got to figure out what we're going to do when we're going to Mars because we're not going to be. And I wasn't underwater. So I took 2000 international units of vitamin D every day just to make sure my levels would not drop to really badly low. Mm. Yeah. 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 So would you do this all over again? It, go underwater for 100 days or Maybe 100 not days tomorrow. Or Maybe not tomorrow. <laughs> but. but but soon I would love it. I would love it because I'd like to see there are a couple of things I might do differently. Um, uh, and, you know, there are a couple of bits of information that I would gather better. Yeah, it could be uh, it could be done better. But, you know, I might need a little bit of time on the surface for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what about family? Have you got family? I do. I, I have three daughters and uh, uh, uh Basically, I, I miss them the entire time they're down there. My mom is, um, you know, my mom actually was calling me regularly going, hey, are you okay? I need to hear that you're okay. Oh, that's good. Did you have any visitors? Because uh, obviously there, people could dive and look through a window or even come up through the uh, entry point. So did anybody visit you while you were underwater for your 100 days? 
Yeah, so I had uh, I had several overnight guests. So astronauts, aquanauts, um, marine scientists, ichthyologists, uh, coral researchers, uh, benthic geologists, uh, underwater archaeologists. I mean, we had we had a good time. We talked to the who's who of the diving world. And like I said, we worked on preserving, protecting, and now rejuvenating the marine environment. So it was win, win, win. It was terrific. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's obviously about the human body, but also being in that environment, it's the undersea environment and protecting it. Right. Learning how to regrow coral, how to re, you know, to repopulate the coral on a coral reef. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we can actually transplant coral now. Wait, what? Yeah, no, we can. We can if if a ship goes up and wrecks a coral reef, we can fix it. Now it takes a while, but we can fix it. The point is that wow, we figured we could do something about it. Transplanting corals, cool. Oh, that's amazing to yeah, just have that experience. And so are you continuing your medical research now you're above the water looking at your results and planning for the future and planning for more experiments? Oh, absolutely. So we continue to do these kind of experiments on a regular basis. Like I said, I teach I teach med school, I teach biomedical engineering, um, you know, physiology type of person, right? So your your ability to dive or not dive or to dive better is certainly uh, predicated upon human physiology. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we continue to do research, you know, doing this same thing in zero gravity on the zero G flight. And then I hope, like I said, I hope I can get up to the International Space Station and do more research. Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah. 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 So in your spare time, do you still get out underwater, scuba dive? or? Uh, I do occasionally, uh, not quite as frequently as I did during uh, March to June. But yes, I do a little bit. I bet it's quite nice to just go down for like an hour and have a look at the fish and come back up again. Exactly. Do your daughters dive? Exactly. Do your daughters, do they dive? One does. My uh, oldest does not dive. And my youngest, uh, you know, unfortunately, her godfather uh, died while diving. So she's actually not really happy about that. So, you know, it's one of these like, oh, okay, you, you see bad things happen. You know, it's uh, bad. It could be bad. So, yeah, one out of three ain't bad. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, and they've got you to yeah follow and uh, watch and learn from as well, which is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what gets? You, let's get. Let's talk about our questions that we have. We like to ask all our guests um, of our uh, some set questions for you. Um, and the first one would I'd like to ask is, uh, you know, you're obviously a man of confidence. What gets you out of your comfort zone? What gets me out of my comfort zone? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you you may be surprised to find out that uh, I'm actually not much of a people person. <laughs> uh, the the whole being around a lot of people actually really drains me. So on all, all of those scales, I'm an introvert, right? But yeah. you know, so that's kind of drawing for me. You know, it's kind of like oh gosh. But I'm learning to kind of cope with that a little bit better. That uh, it certainly takes me out of my comfort zone. But, uh, you know, um, I, I skydive, I, I scuba dive. I do, I do basically loner 
for sports, you know, like like the one person sort of a sport or two people sort of a sport as opposed to the team sport, because it's it's sometimes is hard. When I did this in the military, it was hard for me to work with a whole bunch of people. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's uh, part of the daunting thing for me. Yeah. But then having things that take you out of your comfort zone, it gives you something to learn and work to you and evolve and yeah, push it push the boundaries a bit oh 100% exactly 100% we you know I you know I think it was Ernest Hemingway that said that uh true nobility is not being greater than your fellow man it's being better than your former self right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we're growing every day we're learning every day we're being better every day so there you go no, very good answer. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another set question we ask people is if they could take three people under the water, but we've kind of changed it a little bit. But if you could take three people underwater into the underwater environment for 100 days, what three people would you take? Ah, oh, that's really easy. <laughs> I would take the person who's in charge of China for sure. And I want to I want them to see what is going on. Then I would take the president of the United States and I'd want them to see what's going on. And then I take my mom because my mom's cool. You know, yeah. And you think they'd all get on underwater. (laughs) So the president of China, the president of the United States and my mom. There you go. Very good answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, who knows what's happening maybe in China at this point in time? Exactly. Yeah. I hear that they are working on a 100 day mission, breaking the 100 day record, but I'd love to see that happen. That's really for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that science is, you know, they're pretty hot on science as well, aren't they? So uh, be interesting to see uh, how that develops. Um, and our last question we've got for you, okay, so we're going to give you a billboard. We're going to give you a billboard that can be seen by the whole world, uh, and you can put on that billboard a video, a photo, a statement, a mess. but it needs to be a message that the whole world will see. What are you going to put on your billboard that we're going to give you? Oh, boy a billboard that you're going to give to me. Wow. That is a terrific question, by the way, um, because it, it makes you think about what your message is. Yeah. I, I think that human exploration is the single greatest thing that we can do. I mean, realistically, we are conquering famine. We are conquering some of the injustices in the world. We're getting down to the point where it's all about Star Trek, right? It's all about boldly about human exploration and the fact that it is essential. It's the single greatest thing that we can do. Listen, so they're they're in 4.5 billion years of genomic wisdom. Our planet's been around for 4.5 billion years, right? There are about 20 million things on this planet, 20 million creatures, right? Okay. We've only found less than 5 million, right? So if we found less than 5 million and we all came from the same creature, Stelacanthus lathus or the Stelacant, the origin of species, right? So if we came from the same creature, it stands to reason that we have the disease. We also, another thing has the cure. 
And I have some biological evidence. When I was working with James Cameron, when he went to the bottom of the Manage Trench, he found yeah. a sea lice. Now, you guys in the UK probably don't have sea lice, but those sea lice, it was about, uh, I don't know, seven inches long, something like that. And we pulled a DNA sample off it. It's a partial cure for Alzheimer's. Wow. Yeah. Let me say that again a different way. A partial cure for Alzheimer's exists at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, and we never knew about it until we went there and explored and found it. Well, yes. I mean, wait a minute. What? Yeah. <laughs> so we need human exploration like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Well, exploration will give the longevity to this planet, won't it? Otherwise, if that doesn't happen, it's just going to... Have end. you been down? Yeah. Have you been down in like, like George Collins says. Sorry. I have not been down. In, no, nobody has been down in his sub. He's been the only one down in his sub. Yeah. Is that another um, area that you'd like to go into, a, like in a submarine down to some extreme depth, like the Mariana Trench? Yeah. I mean, I would love to go see the black smokers in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. yeah. A geothermal vents somewhere where there's new life forms. I mean, look, if you look where you've always looked, you will see what you have always seen. So you need to branch out and look someplace different to find the new creatures. Mm -hmm. I want to find a creature and I want to name it after, you know, whoever. <laughs> I don't care, you know. <laughs> I'll name it after Big Scuba Podcast. I don't care. <laughs> yes. I just want to find new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's an amazing um, enthusiasm to have about that exploration because it is pushing you know our limits and solving problems that we've got in our world yeah oh, that's amazing exploration exploration yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so you have what have you got many um projects coming up in the future that you can tell us about yeah so the plan is to um i just got my u.s patent uh, for a device which is going to make aquanauts and astronauts safer. I'm trying to apply that to my skydiving outfit, which is going to basically make you be a, it's it's akin to being an astronaut, right? So what we're doing is we're testing it from high altitude. We're going to see if it keeps me alive, and it will because, you know, it works. Um, but we're going to test that and put that hopefully in the U.S. spacesuit or whatever spacesuit they'll let me put it in. And then hopefully I go test it on a U.S. spacesuit or whatever suit they put it in. And uh, and and we get a shot at going around this Earth a lot of times. Did you know that if you spent only six and a half days on the International Space Station, you could make up your 100 days of sunrises and sunsets that I missed? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible, isn't it? Cool stuff, right? Yeah, really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you put it in that kind of perspective, that's just all, yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say with your skydiving, Sorry? do you skydive as much as you do scuba dive? Uh, no, I only have about 822 jumps total. So I, I scuba dive a lot more than I skydive, but I only have 822 skydives. So I don't have as many skydives as I have scuba dives. I have several thousand scuba dives. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's it's still another extreme, isn't it? Yeah. there and skydiving. It's you know they're the kind of extremes, but they're kind of very alike. One hundred percent. Yeah. All yeah. about the safety side. Yeah. Well, it's been fascinating hearing about all this, and uh, you know, you are pushing the boundaries of not just space, uh, where the you know in travel and things like that is uh, pushing the boundaries of where diving's going to go. You know, across all the levels from commercial dive military and saturation so uh yes um we wish you all the you know the best for that and we'll be certainly watching you uh as all this you know as you progress and uh push that further so uh yeah it's been really good i love it yeah tune into dr deep sea which is my youtube channel and my you know my instagram handle and my twitter and all that is dr deep sea so tune in and you'll see what uh what cool stuff we're doing. That's awesome. And we'll yeah. put the, the links in the show notes so people listening now can obviously click on them and uh, yes. find out a bit more. And, uh, yeah, lots of interesting stuff to, yeah, in the future about what you've done as well. It just sounds yeah. Yeah, really incredible. And for divers and non-divers alike, it's so applicable. It's like, a you know, an adventure and this exploration Um will appeal to anybody that's got well, that it's touching so many areas isn't it it's not just diving but space travel and, and medical you know medical science is going to benefit from it as well so um no 100 100 percent. like i said sleep 50 to 70 million americans suffer from sleep problems and that's just americans right throughout mm. the world how many people suffer from sleep problems and you can cure it by living underwater whoa that's some real number and yeah, for the importance of sleep to yeah, our well-being is massive. Or you have a a chamber at home, kind of thing. Yeah, a chamber at home or something to sleep in. Uh, there's there's a possibility of that for sure. Because realistically, could you do with a tent? Only at one point, yeah, like a tent uh, that could handle one point seven times the pressure. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's all food for thought. It is, yeah. Uh, well, it's been, yeah, really good talking to you. Um, yeah, well, obviously just a few communication issues, but we'll try and iron those out in the edit. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going yeah. on, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'd it's love to water. love to invite you back. Yeah, maybe sort of middle of next year or latter part of next year, and then catch up with you and uh, yeah. hopefully, yeah, follow on from this episode to yeah what what events have taken and especially place. with like what's going on with deep in the uk as well um it'd be really ah, good to keep that. an eye on what they're doing and what you're doing as well because uh, it's so you're all sort of in this in the same sort of similar fields aren't you so uh so that'd be really good it'll be perfect i love that and you guys have my email joe at gallonaquatic.com so easy peasy you can be in touch with me and we'll work it out all right all right brilliant yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's, thank you very much. It's been yeah, fab chatting to you. And uh yeah, we'll we'll keep in contact for sure. Thank you guys. Be well. Have a great day. Okay. And you. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Um, well, where do we start? You know, um first off we got I just apologize to our listener. Um we kind of bared with it and uh, um it's always a little bit frustrating when when you know you you got a great guest on and the 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 network of the power of the zoom and all that kind of yeah. the bandwidth is not quite there but if it weren't for that we wouldn't even be able to have those conversations no. so 
hopefully our listeners have um, managed to you know, bear, with get, it. bear with it and get the, the gist of what was coming, what was being talked about. Um, it's a deep, it's a deep subject, literally deep, you know, um, in it, but it's exciting because I think he's on the, you know, he's on the cusp of what, where technology and science, you know, you think about divers who are now getting into diving, um, who like leaving school, you think in where diving's going to be in a commercial Yes. And saturation yeah. and everything in science in another 20, 30 years, when you think how far we've come since the 70s and 80s. Mm. Well, this again shows um, all well, listeners, every, anybody listening, is that diving is just more than diving. It, yeah. know, he, he's brought the scientific element into our conversation tonight and about the well-being of the human race. It's quite it's quite interesting. Some of the points he was saying, you know, like um how and it again we've we've we talked about this before with other guests, you know, the similarities between going up to space as there is going deep and um and the effects on pressure. And I've hearing him talk about how that how they're getting around some of these issues of um you know muscle loss um and also you think you know if they can find a way where women won't lose bone density and things like that in mm. the future well how brilliant is that going to be yeah yeah it's there's so many elements isn't there and you know just hearing about his time and at 30 feet depth and what yeah. happened to him and it's you know you're out of your but he spent a lot of time underwater, literally underwater, hasn't he? You know, yeah. and I, yeah. I don't think, I, I think someone who came into that cold and hadn't done that type of, hadn't got that type of background, it would be really difficult for someone mentally focus enough to last that long. And I, in my opinion, and I, I've got absolutely no research to back that up obviously but it, it, i can't imagine somebody who's not spent a long time doing saturation diving and that and then going well i'm going to spend three months can you imagine shutting your way shutting yourself away for three months yeah but know? he did have you know like he said he did have visitors and he had mm. did have direct communication and yeah. you know, he obviously had some resupply of food so it's not like it's completely no isolated so yeah. It's not even like saturation diving where you can't, you know, basically get anywhere because you're yeah. you're at a hundred meters and yeah. So he could have called it, I suppose, at any mm. time, I guess. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely uh, quite thought provoking. Well, I thought it was int- the other bit. I thought was interesting was the whole, you know, when you've got science and all that, that actually you still rely on meditation. To me, that's like merging digital digital and analog yeah but that's maybe the type of person he is he he but it shows you need both then they both go hand in hand but not everybody meditates it's not something that is like has to people do different things for different Mm. reasons yeah Yeah. no i thought that was quite interesting yeah but 
but but obviously listeners have a look at his website and his social media and uh, find out a bit more about him so uh, his website's really easy to navigate and understand and yeah he just wants to yeah broadcast his message and exploration yeah it's in interesting times isn't it you know there's more coming out from deep uh, about some of the stuff that they're going to be looking at in time yeah. uh when you know i think that's 2025 i think mm-hmm. i think I, I, you know they're now pointing um lots of people um to the business and uh, but that's going to be real interesting i think when yeah. that gets when that goes live yeah all these things that are happening that you know not everybody realizes what's going on and it is about yeah. So you think about the technology was going to come out of the back of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and the medical side of things. Yeah. I, think, I, I think that's really interesting. So it's just pushing the, yeah, finding out, you know, like you said about DNA in the sea lice at the bottom yeah. of the ocean. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose once they've got that, I suppose they can then... Um, Harvest it. For, uh, well, recreate it. Recreate it, yeah. Artificially, can't they? I guess. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a thing to do. Well, we want to say thanks for bearing with us um through that. And um because the you know, only because the audio quality wasn't so great today, unfortunately. Yeah. But we it doesn't hope happen very got, often. It doesn't, no, to be fair. Um, but we hope you uh got the the gist of everything he was saying. And um we ought to say thanks for downloading this episode. It's been really good. Yes, yeah, no, really exciting. Something a little bit different. Which it is, certainly is, yeah. yeah. Um, we should also say thanks to Narked at 90, our lovely sponsors um, and um, friends over there who uh, who are there uh, with their technical diving um, kit that if you need anything on the sheer water front, if you need it serviced or rebreathe the front, uh, you can give them a, a call or visit their website for more information at narked90.com yep yep so and obviously remember there are plenty of back episodes over 160 episodes to listen to if you want to uh, reach out to some of our previous guests yep there are and um we spoke to some nasa people some astronauts and mm. uh, um i think um and also commercial divers military divers um explorers so yeah there's a there's something there for everyone there is, yep. So aquanauts and astronauts. There certainly is. <laughs> right, I think that'll do for tonight. Yep, we hope well. everyone enjoyed it. And uh, But for right now, that was... The Big Scuba Podcast. Now that does wrap up today's episode of The Big Scuba Podcast. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way, you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us, or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. 
If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.